0: Hey guys, this is Mike with Sharing in the Disruption Podcast, and I'm really excited to be starting this up. Um, hope to bring a lot of value to you, and we're going to be talking about how uh, technology is advancing and the effect it can have on you, your family, your finances, and even what it means to be human. Enjoy. Hey guys, this is Mike with the Sharing in the the Disruption podcast, and I'm excited to be doing episode number two, and um, in this episode, I'm actually going to be getting into um, more depth um, and not just uh, philosophical discussion um, and an introduction. So, um, I wanted to kind of get into some of the fundamentals of stock investing. Um, Some people may be listening for different reasons. Some people may be more interested in the technology side, um, and some people may be interested more in the investing side, and um, some people may be interested in both. And that's kind of what I want to cover is both, and really just... Um, cover a lot of cool technological stuff, but also um, see how to benefit from it. And there's a lot of different sectors that have a lot of growth potential right now. Um, And some things are a little more pie in the sky and a little more further off. So I think it is better to focus on some of the things that, Uh, we'll see a big boost potentially in 2020. Um, But I can cover uh, a lot of the different growth sectors and things that I keep an eye on. Um, Some of these things I don't focus on as much because I like to stay within my realm of knowledge. And um, there's certain sectors that that are even within technology that I don't want to go into, especially in like the biotechnology space, just cause, um, I'm not in the medical field and I don't really know, um, what's a promising thing. There's a lot of people who have no clue about medical stuff and they go chasing, um, new medicines that are coming out or new technologies. And I think if you actually have some inside knowledge about these things, that's, that's great. Um, I have inside knowledge about some things in the solar industry, uh, which I think is a very promising sector, and I think that's something I can add a lot of value to you guys about. Um, But if there's something you really just don't understand, um, I would not recommend getting into it. Uh, Someone like Warren Buffett suggests staying with things that you know about, and I totally agree with that. Um, And I think you're going to do better in the long term if you stick with things you know so that articles you read and stuff like that, um, that could be biased. You're not going to um, jump on something. You should be able to kind of filter it out yourself and kind of run, uh, run kind of your own analysis of, analysis of it. So I'll, I will get into um, a lot of different sectors that I see um, as heavy potentials. And I'm going to start first, though, with things that I think have a heavy implication in 2020. Um, this, accord. I've got two different focuses. Um, one is from a Forbes article I read, and then one was from a podcast. Um, it's, this one was um, a podcast. Um, let's, let's see what it was called. It, for Your for your Innovation Podcast, I think it's a really interesting uh, podcast. It's by ARK Invest, and they invest in a lot of um, high-growth and uh, game-changing technologies, kind of like I will be talking about. And um, ARK Invest is, is run by um, a very knowledgeable investor. She has high predictions about stuff like Tesla. They have a lot of Tesla in there portfolio, but they run an ETF and um, they interview a lot of good, it's a great podcast. They do a lot of good interviews um, that I would like to someday do. Um, They, they invest, they um, interview like uh, chip makers from NVIDIA, um, from Cognex, from a lot of different um, sectors Talking about autonomous driving, all kinds of different stuff. So you can get a lot of value out of the interviews that they do. So uh, let's start things off. So these five technologies I heard of on a on the Arc Investing podcast. Uh, it's called For Your Innovation through Arc Invest. and uh, these were compiled by them. As some of the the biggest five transformative technologies, it was compiled by Brett Winton. If uh, I th- I think they may have published their findings on an analysis on these five technologies, but I thought they were really interesting, and I actually think these are much better. I think um, some of these publishers uh, like Forbes or whatever. I th- I mean, they kind of like to focus on some of the things that maybe uh, get a, lo- a little bit more attention, but maybe a little bit further off. But um, these, they compiled this list of five technologies, and they don't necessarily think that just each technology individually is as impactful as the stacking of the technologies. They think um, we haven't had this many formative technologies um, in – in almost a hundred years, and they think a lot of what makes this so valuable is how they kind of all when they say when they say stacking, it's how each technology kind of builds on the other, and it could actually spin off more innovative technologies. And so, number one that they have is artificial intelligence. Obviously, that I, I believe that's going to be one of the most game-changing technologies. Number two is DNA sequencing and genomics. Number three being robotics, uh, being more the, the physical uh, automation nature. AI being more what could control the robotics. Um, number four, energy storage, which is kind of surprising, but that is moving along at an incredible clip right now. And five being blockchain. And I, I found there they have a, a podcast episode called "Let's see what this one's called." What are disruptive platforms? It's episode. It's it's from the episode of September twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. If you're interested in going back and looking at that episode or listening to that episode it's it's very interesting and they go into a lot more depth than I can go into and they're the ones who wrote it so um, that's um, it's probably good to hear it from the mouthpiece but I I I think uh, AI DNA robotics energy storage and blockchain and I actually agree I think those are those are five very important technologies um, so I have written down a bunch of technologies to be keeping a an eye on, and it's it's a lot, but if I was gonna focus on anything, I would focus on kind of the five they highlighted, maybe some of the ones in the Forbes, I think, are interesting. But um these are this is my very long list of technologies that I want to delve into on this show, and things that I think are changing very rapidly. Some less so than these like game changing things that Arc and Forbes put out, but nonetheless, I think these are these are really interesting. So I'm going to read this off real quick. I'm not going to go into a ton of depth with each of these because we can do that in subsequent art um, podcasts. And that would take far too long. I'm sure you have other things to be doing. Uh, so let's start off: logistics, medical, drone technology, 3D printing, autonomous battery, electric vehicle or EV, renewable energy, cloud technology, resources, space, and like private space flight or spaceflight for other reasons, um, rope maybe satellite, robotics and automation, AI, cybersecurity, 5G, augmented reality and virtual reality, voice, voice technology, um, social, kind of the social media space, if you will, streaming, e-commerce, peer-to-peer, Crowdfunding, blockchain, fintech, financial technology, advertising, the gig economy, esports, um, maybe look into some utilities, Internet of Things, computer vision, and genomics. So that's that's quite a long list. Oh, um, big data as well. Um, that's kind of a long list of things that I have on my radar to talk about and that I think um, are very important. But if you have other things you want me to talk about, definitely uh, find me and message me and and offer me some some suggestions. Uh, my phone number is 704-763-5476. You can leave a message. Um, you can also find... Me and message me on That's wiby.net. That's wibu net, Or uh, we also have um, a Facebook page, uh, Wiby Energy, and there's ways to get hold of me through there. So if you have any any questions, just just message me, and if you leave me a voicemail, I will even try to play it uh, and respond to your message. So leave some feedback so my main topic of today is actually a little bit of an older story um it's from back about february of 2019 and it's regarding to tesla buying maxwell battery technologies um And there might be a couple reasons why they bought Maxwell. They might have bought it for their ultra capacitors or higher denser or higher density batteries. So capacitors are in most, um, or they're in, uh, semiconductor chips and what they do is they store, it's like ceramic, uh, It's a ceramic piece that stores a charge and can discharge it really fast. And from my understanding, Maxwell has some technology that may be useful for car companies like Tesla. Uh, I think Elon Musk has always had a dream of using some capacitor technology instead of batteries using the capacitors as batteries uh, for his cars. And I think that was like one of the original goals of starting Tesla was, um, I think he did a research paper in school at one point on using that kind of technology. And obviously it hasn't panned out previously, but I'm sure knowing him, he's still chasing that dream. And if he found a company that has something promising, that could have been a big incentive for, for him to purchase that. And even if it wasn't – I don't understand uh, capacitors. Like It seems like it would be a short-term discharge, but maybe – I don't know if there's a way to make the entire car uh, charge on capacitors and somehow slowly discharge that electricity or do it in like a chain reaction, but – I'm sure there's a way for him to use these capacitors in conjunction maybe with uh, the lithium-ion batteries he currently uses. Now, he uses – the Tesla cars right now have been using more of a traditional lithium-ion battery made by um, – I think John Goodenough was the one that came up with the – the lithium ion battery and there have been rumors that he may be working in conjunction. I think he's developing something with a glass battery right now. Um, but Maxwell has usually, I think these batteries have an electrolyte, which is some sort of liquid in them. And the Maxwell has been working on a dry cell battery. And That could have a lot of promise and a lot of value to Elon Musk and Tesla. And I think Tesla got a really good deal on Maxwell because they paid for Maxwell in stock shares instead of paying for them cash. So they had plenty of shares apparently floating around and they were able to, and I'm sure Maxwell would love to work with a company like Tesla and put their batteries to the best use possible. So, I've got some numbers right here. Uh, this is according to ExtremeTech.com, and this uh, kind of have some uh, breakdown, some numbers for what Tesla currently gets out of its battery pack. It says, a Tesla Model 3 battery pack has an energy density of 272 watt-hours per liter. The cells produce 207 watt-hours per kilogram. So that's, the, the, it says the dry battery technology ramp is said to be 300 watt-hours per kilogram. So, to put that in context, that's 207 currently. Versus 300 being the potential, maybe for this dry battery. So that's a 45 percent increase if they can make that happen. And there, it says there's a pathway to possibly 500 watt hours per kilogram. <laughs> Which is a hundred and forty-two percent increase. So you can you can see why uh, Mr. Elon would be interested in such a technology, and I'm sure he did lots of research because I'm sure there's a lot of companies out there claiming to have some achieve some some energy density that uh, that sounds sounds crazy, but you have to be able to do this over a long period of time, and you have to show consistency. And I'm sure they vetted Maxwell and feel that that was worth taking a risk on and investing in. And it's Maxwell says it uh, is anticipating large scale production by 2023, which would um, so you probably wouldn't see this technology in any Teslas anytime soon. Um, I think their Cybertruck is to come out in 2023. I doubt that would take advantage of this technology. Um, but Tesla is saying that they might be able to speed up getting this to market. So Tesla is giving a number of 2020 to 2021, but, you know, Tesla is not always known for having those accurate predictions of when something will come out. Um, and I'm sure it's hard to do that, but they, so the, the, the statement I thought was kind of funny that I titled this podcast off of. It was definitely clickbait. Um, so batteries uh, are chemical reactions that are designed to throw off electrons. And, and then that produces electricity that uh, can power a device or power an EV. And it says Maxwell's special sauce involves how it mixes the chemicals in what becomes the battery electrode with a solvent forming a slurry and uh, it says a similar process to making crystal meth so in answer to I will address, it's not just clickbait in answer to uh, the title of this podcast um, yes, both Tesla and crystal meth are benefiting from a strange slurry that is somewhat dangerous and you should have ventilation for so uh, <laughs> Just, just a little, little joke for me, but um, yeah, I think this is super interesting, and I think it's uh, worth keeping an eye on. Uh, and I, I, I really like how Tesla seems to be miles ahead of the competition. I posted a video actually on my why uh, why page on Facebook showing um, a comparison of the Tesla battery pack to I think it was a Chevy. They had a Chevy Volt and a Chevy Bolt, but I think it's the Bolt, the full electric. I think one's a plug-in hybrid. And then what was uh, BMW? They had a BMW electric car. And I think BMW had the oldest technology, and then the Chevy Bolt had a very expensive technology, and they were all using almost like these flat, cell batteries, like these almost a panel that's that's pretty flat and they kind of string them together in layers. And Tesla shocked everyone by coming up with what looks like a larger form of a double A battery. And a lot of you know people in the industry were like, those are extremely hard batteries to regulate the voltage of. They're like you're never gonna get this to work for an electric car. And lo and behold They apparently have one of the better models and one of the special sauce of the way they did that battery pack. It allows the car to sit much lower because it's not as thick of a battery pack. And then it also um, allows it to be molded to any car shape. So it makes production very easy. So the sectors, according to Forbes, um, let's let's pull this article up. Um, some of the sectors we should really focus on are artificial intelligence as a service, five um, G autonomous driving or autonomous um, vehicles, uh, personalized and predictive medicine, computer vision, extended reality, and blockchain. Um, these these are the the seven categories that Forbes is recommending um, to focus on for 2020. Um, I kind of have a few thoughts on some of these things. I think a few of these things are f- a little bit farther off. Um, I actually like the list that is through ARK Invest that's um, talked about. But um, I'll cover this. Uh, I'm on their website right now. Um, artificial intelligence as a service. So I think that's a more practical application than just general AI right now. Um but it's uh kind of ai deployed in businesses um a lot of the major companies are are deploying these right now amazon google microsoft um apple but uh i think where you could see a lot of gains is through smaller com- companies deploying a lot of uh, AI. But it's kind of hard to benefit just from this because pretty much across the board, if you look at a lot of stocks on Robinhood, everybody now is wanting to say they're associated with artificial intelligence. So there are certain companies that are the leaders in this field. So if you are interested in investing In a specific technology like this, I would delve into it a lot more, which I'm going to do, and see who are the actual leaders. I know um, Google has some of the best AI right now, Uh, and certain people have better AI in certain industries. Like the the AI can be very catered to specific industries, but I yeah I would delve a lot more into the advancements being made and, and how that's really going to help their business. Are they just developing it and like f- as a pipe dream in the, for in the future, or are they actually, do they actually have a really good application of it? That's going to make their business much more efficient. So 5g, this is something that has, it's already started. We're on the early parts of it. So, there's actually technologies that can benefit more currently from 5g, which is probably building out infrastructure. So stocks associated with maybe fiber optics or antennas or chips that um, communicate and the actual building up of the infrastructure, those people are probably going to be the first people to benefit because they are the suppliers. 5g is different than 4g 5g meaning generation and With each generation, you get new capabilities that a lot of people may not understand, kind of what the implications of, okay, what's fifth generation? Cool. Is that just another sales thing? But with like, as it gets into a new generation, it allows more bandwidth, more, um, a lot more applications. And it's a lot faster. So, your flip phone—I'd have to look all this up. Um, I think it used like 2G or something like that. It—it used—it had a lot of latency, and it just—it didn't move data very fast. So, if you look back at your flip phone, you didn't—you had uh, internet. Well, no, you didn't have internet on on your flip phone, but. I mean, you had certain capabilities as far as wireless with, with a flip phone. And then a smartphone, the early generations of those, I mean, they had some really cool things compared to what came before them. But as the generations got further along, you had the ability of apps and then uh, GPS and all these different systems that became lots and, uh, lots more complicated and uh, able to do a lot more things. So the 5G is actually, I think, the game-changing technology that's really going to take things out of just really mobile devices. And it's going to make it possible to... It's going to make it possible for cars to communicate together. I mean, they they could probably do that right now. It's just there's a lot of lag And you're talking about an insane amount of information, terabytes, being transferred and stored through the cloud and um, transferred constantly between cars, between towers, uh, between mapping programs. And so 5G is also going to make possible Internet of Things and for every device to be connected and really not. uh, It's a higher frequency. And 4G use cell towers, to transfer all this data and Wi-Fi hotspots and five G one of the kind of key points of that is it's a higher frequency, but it can't transfer the and wh- why there's going to be a lot more infrastructure that has to be put in because kind of when they went f- up a generation, they would just build another cell tower or, improve the existing cell tower. Now they need a new type of, I think there'll still be the traditional cell towers, but they're going to use what's called a small cell network. And they're actually going to have small cell. uh, It's a box that mounts onto like telephone poles or existing infrastructure. And there's going to have to be a ton of these things. That's why they're really only piloting 5G in small cities right now. Or big cities, or like where there's a lot of density, it's going to take a long time for it to roll out. So it's not like it's kind of one of those things you you might have a long a while to to benefit from. It's good to figure out who's going to benefit from it soon, but um, and not everyone's going to benefit equally. Just because someone has 5G in a description of their stocks. Um, does not mean they're, they're going to be a huge benefitter of it. Um, when there was new generations of previous cellular technologies, there was different, like Nokia benefited at one time, Motorola was a big benefitter, um, and it's probably going to be different. Verizon really took off, so it's going to be different every time, um, depending on kind of who's in the lead as far as a lot of these technologies go. So the, these small towers kind of form this tighter network, and they actually have to almost be within – I think they almost have to be within sight of each other. They have to be pretty close to each other to communicate. And so it's going to involve a lot of upfront costs and infrastructure. That's why you've seen AT&T spending so much, going, getting lots of debt. You're going to see a lot of these big providers taking on lots of debt in order to roll out this infrastructure. But they're hoping they're going to profit from it. Um, the next one. Is autonomous, and we're still in a very early stage of this. Um, you have people, I think, that are in the lead. I think Tesla is is it, Tesla and Google probably in the, the lead, according uh, as far as this goes. I disagree with this. I think this is a little more far off than we think, especially because there is a lot of governmental policy that's going to jump in, I'm sure, as like with, I think Uber had someone die from one of their autonomous cars, and I don't think they're in the like in the lead as far as the development of the technology. Um, a lot of these cars have used a technology called LiDAR, which is um, like a radar with light, and they use light to map a lot of the environment, but a lot of the leaders in the space, especially Elon Musk, are putting all their money into computer vision. He's even kind of famously said that LiDAR is a crutch. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts of of people discussing this, and um, I think the position I agree with, I heard from somebody else, was that You really want as many fail safes in this technology as possible because it's yeah it may not be that difficult um they had the guy from iRobot and he was talking about his vacuums and he was he was saying how you know he's trying to use computer vision on the iRobot vacuums like the Roomba because there's so many obstacles you know there was like clothes and all kinds of things and it needs to like uh, identify. You want more than just light to detect uh, different objects. You actually want the computer to be able to detect all these different objects and say, "Oh, this is. These are clothes in the way," and so it's not constantly bumping into things that can map its environment. And I, but he was saying, um, you know, you really the the consequences if a you know Roomba goes and bumps into somebody's foot it's it's not a big deal but the consequences if a car it may it may be a lot easier to map itself on the road um but because there's already existing road and you can um it's it's kind of more of a recognizable space for a computer to navigate, but the consequences if it goes off course are much more dire. So you really want many more layers than you have on something like a vacuum to make to back up. You want redundancies and have as um, you want to have one set of sensors backing up another, even if it's more archaic. And I actually agree a lot with that position. Um, I think autonomous. The effectiveness of how that rolls out will be highly dependent on how safe they are. And I think they, sh- if it takes an extra five to ten years of development to make sure no one is killed once they roll these things out, I think it's totally worth it. And they, I, I hope that the technology is further off than they think it is because I, I want them to to be testing it as much as possible because it's it's a serious matter and if they roll it out so if they roll it out later it's further down the line if they roll it out too soon i think something could happen no matter how good they think the they are with the technology i think something is inevitable to happen and i think the government comes in and cracks down and then you've got a case like with boeing where it gets you know they the where the FDA is getting involved in their airplane and Boeing's like, Oh, we're going to roll a new plane out in uh, seven months or whatever. And the FDA is like, no, you're not. You're going to pass all of our regulations until we're positive that this plane isn't going to kill any more people. Um, And so I think that's what the risk that autonomous runs. And for that reason, I, I'm more investing in electric cars, and in doing that, I get the benefit of having companies a lot of the times, like Tesla, that are leaders in the autonomous space. So I, th- I think that's – but, I mean, if you're a long-term investor, um, you can go ahead and, and get into something because you're not looking to sell it in a long time, but my – thoughts are that the longer a technology is off and that's why i actually i used to invest in things kind of that were pipe dreams and i think the further something is off the less accuracy i mean this isn't rocket science The less accuracy you're gonna have i think if you're trying to predict trends maybe in the next year you can be pretty accurate but if the further off you get I really think that your accuracy exponentially gets worse so if you think something's ten years off, I wouldn't recommend investing in it because you don't know how many more companies can move in and completely disrupt the space so the next one they have is personalized and predictive medicine and I think you know this could this could deal with a lot of different things. I think you could have companies like TeleDoc that are um, – you can do doctor's visits on your phone and over the computer. Uh, so kind of bringing the doctor's office to you. I think you could include like Fit Fitbits or Apple Watch, kind of devices that can – maybe some of the medical – companies like uh, maybe insulin pumps and things like that that really uh, are giving you data and maybe these um, genomic testing kits that you can get now that you can see your risk of getting cancer or I, like I, I don't know a ton about a lot of these things but I think um, some of these things are doing with the human genome that are able to maybe predict things but any, uh, things are like kind of personalized and predictive. And this is a space I really don't know much about either. I mean, I want to look more into it um, so I can have some position in it and exposure. But I will not claim to have any expertise in this space for the most part. Like I said, I stay a lot away from biotechnology. And as I said, computer vision, that's uh, number five. Computer vision could be deployed for artificial intelligence for automation in factories robotics extended reality being like vr virtual reality and augmented reality i they're out right now there's there's thing products you can get oculus rift through facebook um I just haven't seen mass adoption of virtual reality. And I think until it really takes off in industry, I think that is maybe one of the critical points. If you could train your employees with it. And sometimes there's more practical applications of technology before it goes to the consumer. I think once industry starts widely adopting it and it starts seeing a like a very fast pace of uh Being more effective and being having the having better technology, I think that could be a key turning point. Augmented reality. I mean, there's people messing around with it. You've got uh, Bose actually has glasses that um, use sound, which people don't think of as much as being augmented reality, but it can actually detect where you're at and give you uh, voice feedback. Um, related to where you're at. I don't know if you're at a museum. You could learn about a painting that you're standing in front. Lots of different things, maybe information about your environment. And I think there's a ton of potential, but I actually think that's a l- little further off. I, I don't want to you know, say it's too far off, but I, th- I think it is. We've been hearing about it for a long time, especially Google Glass. And I just think that adoption curve is going to be longer than people think. And then there, they say blockchain. And, I don't know, that means different stuff to different people. I will get more. It's it's a very in-depth subject. So, like I said, I kind of disagree with some of these. I would maybe have some small positions in some of these things. But a lot of these things I wouldn't have heavy things in because I think there's a lot of kinks to work out. Blockchain, I think you're going to see the government step in and they're going to... Um, they're going to have their two cents. You've got uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, still seeing how that plays out. I, I like Bitcoin, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. And I think there's some catalysts for it to grow in the future. I love the idea of peer-to-peer uh, money transactions and kind of not involving banks, and, but you're having, you're having Facebook and bank, major banks wanting to get involved in that space. And Facebook's rolling out this thing called Libra, uh, which is like a currency backed cryptocurrency. And the government's getting involved in regulation of that. And a lot of this government officials are debating uh, Bitcoin and those sort of cryptocurrencies. You've had China ban it, um, which hasn't been successful, and I don't. I think it's very hard to ban because I, I think you can't really stop people from accessing it. But that doesn't. This the act of banning it would make it would hurt that hurt the valuation of it. So, like I said, until a lot of these political things unfortunately pan out, uh, some of these technologies are very risky to me. So I would definitely take that in into consideration. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please share it and, uh, you know, send your, send it to your mates on Facebook, on Instagram, on, on any platforms you use and uh, just get the word out. Um, I, I'm trying to entertain you guys and, really give you some good content to make, um, hopefully some smart financial decisions or, uh, just be entertained and learn something. So, uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, I look forward to the next podcast episode.